Welcome into a special episode of DNVR Watches Star Wars. It's not just Mandalorian anymore. It's really a wider Star Wars conversation. And because of that, very excited to bring in not just some members of the DNVR community, but members of the Star Wars community as well. Uh, not just huge fans, but people producing content out there in the world of Star Wars. We've got uh, Trey Mitchell, Christian Cora, and Will Custer. Now, Christian and Will have uh, written a book called Linking Galaxies that I'm very excited to hear about, uh, obviously, in the Star Wars universe. Otherwise, why would, why would I mention that? And uh, <laughs> Trey has, uh, is the creator of The All Around and uh, a podcast called Skywalking. Uh, Trey, since there's two of them and just one of you, why don't you start us? <laughs> Uh, with a little bit of what you've got going on there, kind of crossing Star Wars and sports talk, a man after my very own heart. <laughs> yeah, so I have a Star Wars podcast called Skywalking Through the League. We started as a Star Wars and NBA podcast, but quickly learned that um, those two topics don't necessarily cross over with everyone. So we were kind of alienating a bunch of people. So we basically just went uh, strictly to Star Wars. But yeah, that's been going on for about two and a half years. Um, it's been pretty good. We just gave out two copies of Light of the Jedi to um, some people, the new High Republic book. But yeah, that's that's going well. And then yeah, I, I created the the all around. Um, it's basically like sports and pop culture. I haven't been doing it um, too much recently. It's been a crazy past year. Um, sure. But some pretty some pretty uh, yeah some pretty interesting stuff going on. So. Happy to be here. Right. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's really great to have people who are, you know, this this into it because, as I've said before, you know, I'm I'm a big fan, but there are definitely people out there who know a lot more about the Star Wars universe, and we've got a few others here today. Uh, Christian, will tell me a little bit about the book. Yeah, so in the book, we basically take concepts from like psychology, philosophy, or storytelling, really whatever we're interested in, and just kind of combine it with elements of Star Wars, and uh, we use the movies, TV shows, certain books and comics that we've read, really trying to pull in lots of information that we found interesting. Will might have some more to add, too. Yeah, I mean, Christian kind of nailed it. Uh, we also look at, like, some social science type stuff, uh, which is, you know, with that psychology, and uh, it, we just look at kind of the wider scope of Star Wars and kind of how it affects people, and different lessons that we can learn from Star Wars and the different stories that it has to tell. I really love that because that's basically the premise of the Final Fantasy podcast that I do with my brother, right? It's like we talk about this stuff a lot of times and it feels like at the end of the day, people just want to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. They want to review it, good, bad. And I feel like especially science fiction and fantasy storytelling is so much about who we are as people, what it means to us and what it says about how we want to live our lives, right? And so I think that can be a much more interesting conversation than, hey, was this good? Do, what do you give this a three out of five or a four out of five? Like, what does that even mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. One of the, like, the big philosophies behind storytelling is you see, I kind of see the same stories repeat over and over. And that's because they're good stories and they resonate with people. So... That's the reason why what we dig into. So what well, makes it so good? What makes it real to people? Uh, what uh, clearly was resonating with people right now is the Mandalorian, which has become uh, a sensation. Uh, let's just go quickly around, Trey, starting with you. What is What were your takes on second season? And, and generally <laughs> speaking, just this Mandalorian experience and what it has done for Star Wars. Yeah, so um, I loved season two. I thought it was great. <clears throat> I wasn't like a ginormous fan of season one. I liked it, but I was kind of um, hoping for a story that was a little more tight and that kind of got to the central plot quicker. Um, and while I don't know if season two necessarily does that, it offers like a lot more um, kind of things that I wanted to see. So 
we explored more of Mandalore and more of what it means to be a Mandalorian. Um, my, my favorite character in Star Wars is Ahsoka Tano. So seeing her um, come in kind of kind of blew my mind. Um, and then seeing other characters like Bo-Katan and Boba Fett, it really, it wasn't just fan service to me. Every character that was included helped kind of move along the plot and challenge Din Djarin. So um, having um, Bo-Katan take off her helmet, for instance, really challenged who Din was and having Boba um, not necessarily be like a true Mandalorian in the truest of terms and having Ahsoka be a Jedi who didn't want to train, Gro who didn't want to train um, Grogu. I just, a lot of stuff there. Um, and the, the finale was really cool. It was just a lot for eight episodes. I didn't feel like there was a single bad episode. Um, even the chapters that I thought were maybe less awesome were still pretty good. So overall, it was like a really cool Star Wars experience. Well, how about you? Your your overall Mandalorian experience? Yeah. Um, so I really liked season one. Uh, you know, I think there out of the eight episode run, I think there was only one episode I didn't love, and that ended up having to pay off in season two. And I think season two does an incredible job of picking picking up a lot of the storylines from season one and carrying it into this broader scape. And it's looking back on it it's kind of funny how much i loved season two because they did basically everything i didn't want the show to do i really <laughs> liked how closed it was with its own characters and these newly developed characters right. i want them to be on their own um and there were so many and it didn't feel too fan servicey like trey was saying um you know it fit really organically and naturally and i think it, they pulled it off really well um but going into the season i heard all these rumors about these basically like guest spot appearances from different characters that we already established or knew and i wasn't a huge fan of that but i walked away just really loving it yeah there was an interesting and, and christian i want to get you in on this too because uh it, it really was right like i had spent all this time especially in season one going like it isn't it great to have this star story that doesn't have to be at all connected to the other stuff and doesn't have to have like skywalkers and stuff in it and then obviously spoilers where if you're watching listen to this by now but you know then we get to the end of season two we're all like hey look it's luke skywalker but it, it did feel earned so so yeah what was that experience like for you that with the the fan service and the balance that they tried to to pull off there yeah i was kind of like well hearing all the rumors of i mean especially ahsoka i think she was kind of the, the biggest rumor but bo Katan was one of them where i really beforehand just wanted to have a show about mando but especially when ahsoka showed up they just did it so well <laughs> that i couldn't help but like all right this is this is pretty cool um i think one of my critiques of the season was that each episode kind of follows the same layout. Mando meets someone new, goes on a quest, finds out he didn't get what he wanted, <laughs> so he goes on another quest. But right. I think that was perfect for Ahsoka, that she wasn't going along with them. We got the Thrawn shout-out, which no one really saw coming, so that was pretty cool. Um, another thing that I was kind of worried about for new characters is them kind of taking over the show, which I don't think any of them did. Boba didn't do, Ahsoka didn't do. Um, when Luke came on, I did think that he kind of took over the climax of the show, but for any character to do it, you want it to be Luke Skywalker. So that ended up being pretty cool. And I thought the scenes with Luke, Ahsoka, Boba Fett cracking armor, <laughs> those were so cool. And I was definitely there for it, even though I didn't really want it ahead of time. Right. I, I kind of said on that, that final episode that I think the reason why they got away with it is because right there with the emotional high of, oh, my God, it's Luke Skywalker. We have this emotional payoff of Mando taking off his helmet to say goodbye to Grogu, two completely new characters to just this show. And really, we're tied up more in their promotion, if, you, if you're in the long right? uh, Pretty excited about the future. I do want to ask everybody about... Uh, all of this expanded stuff as well. But we got to start in on a topic I, I let you know about just before we, we started here. And Trey, you can jump in with yours if you want. But 
to have a little fun. We talked about can we do crossover between Star Wars and sports. Well, we're going to give it a little bit of a try because I want us to do a couple uh, Star Wars characters as Denver athletes. And I think the one you shouted out is just where we have to start. Okay. I think Nikola Jokic is Chewbacca. He is big. He is lovable. He um, has a great shot. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> oh, um, so we know good. Chewbacca can shoot three. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's draining it from the from the cockpit <laughs> of the Millennium Falcon, just swishing those stormtroopers. Um, let's see what else. He is a good teammate. He has a buddy. I guess Jamal Murray would be Han Solo in this scenario. Um, and we all love him. And he's very underrated, you know, amongst all the Star Wars characters. We normally don't have him up at the top, but uh, he should be. So, roar. <laughs> I guess that's mine. You guys can just grade these and let me know if they're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. To think For Denver... Else. I was going to say, for Denver in particular, what do you think of Carmelo Anthony as Anakin Skywalker? Oh. Mm. Kind of like a fallen star who turns to the dark side. Right. By being traded higher with the Nuggets then? <laughs> it's his final like act going to be going out in Denver. Returning what if he came to back in his final year and yeah, won a championship. That would have to be his to make it work, right? That would be incredible. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty solid. It's like pending, that pending that championship, him coming back, but that would make it perfect. All right. I figure one of the local coaches, of course, manager over in baseball, has got to be Obi Wan. I feel like Bud Black's a pretty solid Obi Wan, but maybe mm-hmm. Coach Malone, maybe Jared Bednar. I don't know how we're feeling. I think Bud Black's kind of the Obi-Wan. I like Bud Black. Bud Black is just so friendly and kind and really cares about others, great leader. But so is Malone, so that's hard. Malone is a Mace Windu. There you go. I, yeah, uh, a little more fire. Very, very <laughs> – yeah, I don't know. I'm also just not a fan of Mace Windu or Michael Malone, so that's kind of why I went there. Yeah. Okay, I like this one. I like this one. I've got for Yoda, Joe Sackett. Right, was great before, still great now. You've got longevity in different roles. Was a general in the war, not you know, in the trilogy. Now he's just, you know, the wise old man and get ready to pass on his legacy. Uh, I like that. That's a good one. I was thinking. Oh, I was thinking. Panel seems, Todd Helton. Eh, panel's giving me a six Ooh. out of ten with their general. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking Todd. Todd, better Todd, Todd Helton might be like the old Han Solo, not when he's young, but like when he's old. So old Helton is old Han. Not really doing much for the team, but he's just <laughs> one last blaze of glory. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough, tough question, uh, though. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of more. I was thinking Yoda is Peyton Manning. Yeah. That's a good one. Really wise, older. But Yoda was still physically really involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would Von Miller be? I'm trying to think. Moff Gideon is Jeff Breidich. <laughs> I love that one. That's perfect. <laughs> That's a perfect one. <laughs> uh, Tim Connolly is trying to trade Nolan, maybe. Leia, I guess, maybe. Like <laughs> leading the team, leading the resistance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that. <laughs> I got one other one that comes basically of our guy Kale, who is sad that he couldn't be here. But I've got Ahsoka Tano as Michaela Schiffrin. It's one of the best skiers in the world. Nobody knows who she is. She's from Colorado. She's dope as hell. Oh, yeah, she yeah. should be celebrated. People know, like, Lindsey Bonner or whatever, but, like, Michaela Schifrin's Like, Ahsoka Tano is, like, favorite Star Wars character of a lot of people who are really deep into it, and nobody's favorite Star Wars character of people who just watch the movies because she's mm-hmm. not in them. Right? I have one more. Okay. So Christian McCaffrey is Luke Skywalker. 
he is the chosen one or kind of the chosen one he was he's from here you know he grew up and left so that's my final one i like that Even though he's so not kind, of, is, is Luke kind of leaving yeah i can see that cygnus has bednar as qui-gon so that makes sense john elway could be a qui-gon figure that'd be good i'm trying to think who nolan would be Kiati Moonbi. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Random Jedi. <laughs> I was going to say, wow. <laughs> we'll see where he stays, see where he's playing the next couple of years. Oh, that, that's uh, a good point. He could be an Anakin. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll find out. And uh, the chosen one meant to go to the Rockies, a World Series, and. Shane is another one in that category for the abs and another potential Anakin. A lot of Anakin. Everyone's Anakin. <laughs> a lot of Anakin in Denver sports meant to give us a championship and didn't. Uh, so, of course, the other big thing that I wanted to talk with you all about before we get some final character power rankings and, and dive a little bit more into uh, the projects that you guys are working on is, of course, we didn't just get the end of season two of the Mandalorian. It was like, like it wasn't enough for us to just like have this awesome finale and like Luke show up and Hey, there's R2D2 and all this stuff. And then they're like, do you want more? Cause there's going to be more. I'll go in reverse order of how I did last time. Christian, let's start with, let's try to contain ourselves on this. What's the one thing you're most excited about from the announced expanded star Wars universe? Oh, from everything they announced? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'll put you on the spot. If someone has their answer first, you can start. But yeah. I'm really excited for the Ahsoka show. I mean, just the fact that Thrawn is going to be in it. We're going to have a live-action Thrawn. That's very cool. Um, I don't know too much about Legends Thrawn, but I started reading the new Thrawn canon. Um, I've started both, actually, both new trilogy of books. He's awesome. Um, we might see Ezra Bridger in that show. I'm assuming we would at least. So I'm really excited for that. And there's so many. Rogue Squadron, um, that kind of fighter pilot uh, movie that looks really cool. Um, the Book of Boba Fett is something I never thought I wanted. But if Boba Fett is cracking skulls like he did in The Mandalorian, I, I could watch that all day. Um there's just so much. I'm just excited to have regular Star Wars. It seems like we're going to have Star Wars seasons coming out twice a year. So, right. Yeah. Just going to be a lot. Anything that. Uh, so, to you? yeah. Um, so, I'm excluding the stuff we already knew about when I think about that question. So, I'm not including Kenobi because we knew that was coming, or even the Andor series or the Taiki Watiti uh, standalone movie. And I think the one new announcement, or it's really like kind of tied for two of them, is the Visions uh, show. That really intrigues me. Um, I think that could be a really, really cool, you know, anthology uh, short film series. Um, and I think, you know, expanding it to like this anime, uh, I think is just a really cool idea. Um, and I'm also really intrigued by the Acolyte show. Uh, that just, the premise of it sounds really cool. Um, you know, I wish I could have that show right now. Um, if I could pick one show where we could just see it immediately, I think it would be Acolyte. Sounds like you're singing Trey's song. You want to hop in there? I mean, he just stole my thunder, but it's like, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, the Acolyte, 10 out of 10, can't miss. It's gonna, I'm so excited. So if people don't know what the Acolyte is, the Acolyte, is um again it kind of goes into it's kind of like a two-part answer for me um but the acolyte is a show that we know like nothing about except that it's taking place during the final days of the high republic what does that mean and that it's like following a dark side user and it's um the showrunner is leslie headland and it's reportedly going to be like a female centric show yes please like more yeah, we should have more women in star wars especially in the dark side stuff yeah. so the high or so the acolyte just sounds so cool but um the first part of what i said is that 
it takes place during the final days of the High Republic. And the High Republic is this brand new era from Lucasfilm Publishing. And the first book of it, Light of the Jedi, just came out. Awesome. I loved it. So I'm looking forward most to the Acolyte, but also just that time period of the High Republic that's just starting. It just started last week. So um, I think those two things are going to go really well hand in hand. And also the High Republic is supposed to be like 200 years before Phantom Menace. The Acolyte ends during the final days of the High Republic. When is that? Is that 50 years before Phantom Menace? Is that 100 years? Is that five days? Like there's no, it doesn't say when the, when the High Republic ends. So there's just a lot of questions. And um, I think I'm excited for a lot of other stuff like Ahsoka, Kenobi, Visions, Cassian, basically all of it. But the one really, really new thing is the Acolyte. And what Light of the Jedi, the first High Republic book, showed me particularly is that new Star Wars is just extremely refreshing. Having stuff in a new era set with new characters and new events is just really, really refreshing. So the Acolyte and the High Republic have my stamp of approval. I think uh, Drew's thing might have frozen. We lost Drew. We lost our host. <laughs> oh no. Uh oh. It's okay. I guess I guess no, we're the street. we're the remaining survivors. Um I don't even know what to do now. But uh what did what you, you guys out of the Republic tree? Oh dude, it was so cool. I, I was um lucky enough to get like an advanced uh oh, yeah. advanced actor to it, which is really, really cool. So I read that and Into the Dark, the Claudia Gray book. Oh, what, that's what I'm looking oh, forward cool. to. I like Light of the Jedi a lot more, but in really? the dark pretty cool. It's good yeah. so far. Yeah. Drew Drew's back. <laughs> Phased out of existence. Sorry, fellas. Just vanished. <laughs> like leaving your panel on their own. It's like of the podcast. Straight up just force ghost myself. <laughs> it's all right though, because I'm back to remind everyone. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> right, just to whisper things. Uh, so, yeah, I did want to do because I had to do like basketball started and everybody bailed on me. Eric and Kale had more important stuff to do or whatever, I guess. Um, Are the Nuggets on right now? No, no. Oh, they, had, uh, I didn't they, think so. you know, I was going to say, but the last couple of podcasts, I didn't have them around and I had to come up with character power rankings on my own. <laughs> so now I get to push this off. On you guys, I have to make you do it. I have to make us come up with it. And I was thinking something we could try to do is do character power rankings for the entire series so far of The Mandalorian. Not just season two, but the entire series so far. And the big question I guess I have to ask to start it, to throw it out there to the panel is, is Mando a slam dunk number one? Is this... He's the character. It was a star making. Well, Pedro Pascal was already kind of a star, but Trey's shaking his head. He's not, you're saying not a slam dunk. Number. No, no. Mando is no frog lady. I mean, come on. <laughs> frog lady is by and, by and large the greatest character of this show. She's a frog. She's a lady. She hangs out in the, in the chip and goes crazy when they go 26 and a 25. She has children. Dope. She loves her, her frog husband. They have the best romantic relationship in Star Wars. Across the star starts playing when they see each other in my head. She is, by and large, the best character of the saga. They tweet. might have the best romantic relationship. They, they totally do. <laughs> they're, just, they're just amazing. So, no, she's not frog lady. So, Frog lady. Christian, your retort. <laughs> well, I mean, there's not much to argue with there. It's a lot of good points. Frog Lady has it all. Phenomenal. All right, we should we should legit make Kale. Star Wars a Frog especially, Lady story, especially because Kale wasn't able to make it, and he asked he's he makes all these graphics right that we send mm -hmm. out, and so to make him make a, a power rankings graphic with Frog Lady at number one. <laughs> It's like, are you guys messing with me? Like, no, dude, go and listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's real. Uh, well, let's let's put an honorary number one spot, obviously, for Frog Lady. Like, she's so out in front. Let's just, so let's far just ahead. assume that. Or we'll we'll right. 
special <laughs> spot for Frog Lady alone. Um, yeah. Grogu, the other big... And how do we feel also about the, the name, Will? I don't mind the name. I mean... It's Star Wars. It's full of weird names. Uh, I when I knew eventually they'd probably reveal a name, uh, and in no way did I think of any possibility for name. I was like, they're going to come up with something weird, and Grogu's fine. Uh, I think it's also fine if you just continue to call it Baby Yoda. Yeah, I think a lot of yeah, I think that that's going to continue to happen, but yeah. Are they one and two neck and neck here on the power rankings, no matter what, or other than Frog Lady, of course? Trey's saying no. No, Grogu is not. It's not Thro second. Throwing a wrench in this entire Who process. Do you think? Number two is my shirt, Cobb Van. Cobb Van. <laughs> <Space> Marshall. That <laughs> he's just amazing. I am a mark for a Timothy Oyla fan. Yeah. He was pretty good. He, uh, yeah, he was like my favorite. Just. You know his introduction where you just cut to the door and he's just standing there like was he just waiting for the whole time for them to cut like what just what for the light to be right to hit him as he walked <laughs> yeah. through the door yeah yeah and then i don't know there's like a scene where he he just he's looking and then he just puts on his helmet and i'm like it's badass but cob vanth is my second favorite behind grogu grogu at at two, just just from the fan reaction, it's hard not to put him up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who? So beyond that, I think is where it gets really interesting because there were a yeah. lot of one-offs from season two. It's like Ahsoka had such a great episode. I really dug Cobb Van. Also, um, you know, like we're not going to put Luke Skywalker. I don't think on the list, but <laughs> is he from um, something else or? Was he, is he in things? So, uh, you know, Moff Gideon, I really thought was going to have a stronger season. I learned, now let me run this by you. Cause again, this was on the episode where I was by myself, but like all this buildup. And then the first time we see him in action, he just kind of gets his ass handed to him and gets arrested. I don't know. Like, <laughs> any I mean, defenders yeah. of Moff Gideon here or like. Yeah, I, mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Moff Gideon this season. I really expected him to be the central kind of focus point villain of the whole season. I mean, I don't – the actor's name is – I can't quite think of it. But he's in Breaking Bad. Yeah, he's in Breaking Bad. Is truly a spectacular villain, really great actor. And, yeah, he just didn't really show up until the end. At least his droids took Baby Yoda. That's something. But, yeah, he didn't really – do anything. I was pretty disappointed. I thought he was going to be a top five villain in Star Wars, but I don't. I don't think he is. Will you're hopping in there? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Christian in a lot of ways. Um, I'm still holding out hope that he has some more development down the road. Uh, mainly based off what the actor was saying. Uh, he gave an interview uh, partway through season one or season two, and he was talking about kind of the physicality of season three, I think. Um, and I can't remember who the interview was with off the top of my head. Uh, so that makes me, th and he, you know, was dodging like some of the questions. Uh, but I think um, that he still has potential to kind of be a great villain, but just going off of what we have so far, I think he was far superior in the one full episode or two full episodes we had him in season one compared to season two. I mean, he was just super underwhelming, and I expected him to, you know, really have a bigger role and bigger focus during this season. And it just, I left underwhelmed with him. Yeah. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> I want to read a, a quote. So, um, Giancarlo Esposito's daughters told him, Papa, please don't hurt the baby. And he responded to them, I will squash that, that big-eared bastard. I don't know how that is in the best villain of Star Wars. Um, joke aside, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you judge Gideon's arc as like it ends in season two, he's a bit of a disappointing villain because he's kind of just like the, he's in theory there. Like he's not really in anything until the end. And then, yeah, like you guys said, he kind of just 
gets his ass handed to him and then he gets arrested basically um but i think it will be interesting because like we have to know how he got the dark saber that's something yeah. pivotal to season three because we know uh bo-katan wouldn't accept it from din even though in star wars rebels she accepted it from sabine wren so what has happened from that time how did she lose the dark saber i think maybe we'll fill in the gaps of his past and that's maybe how we'll get more of gideon in season three mm -hmm. um and then you also have the fact that this is what i'm about to say is just super nerdy but um the dark troopers the rest and, of this up to this point by the way is totally not <laughs> yeah we're just now broaching super nerdy. totally totally <laughs> but the episode that uh ahsoka was in there was some some like uh guards there or whatever who had a patch right and the patch was thrawn's seventh fleet so has gideon been using thrawn's fleet like what's what's been going on there has, has gideon taken the dark troopers from thrawn because in star wars rebels thrawn uses these troopers that look exactly like the dark troopers to train so how what is that relationship like and um yeah i guess you know in a vacuum i was a bit disappointed in gideon but knowing that there are two more seasons in the works, I, I'm kind of not making my mind up yet. But um, I guess just in that final episode, he was he was cool. I think he did his purpose, but um, I would definitely like to see more of him, considering Giancarlo Esposito is like one of the best actors, at least in TV, or not even just TV, actors in a, a while, I think. So hope to see more Grand Moff Gideon. Yeah. Yeah, even as he's there in the cuffs, right, he's he's doing the thing where he's like, you're so screwed now. You think you just took that thing. And, he, and he's exerting power even while in it. So I think that's the one way where they let your mind go, okay, there's definitely more to, to be had here with this character. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like we're all big Ahsoka marks, and she's going to, like, come in mm -hmm. high on this list now. Like, I, I, I feel like that's going to happen, but that that's fine, right? But she's got to be in there at, like, three or four uh, Boba well Boba Fett I actually think man it, it really was like they could have messed that up so bad I don't know how many points you've got to give to like not ruining people's childhood memories but especially considering it's a franchise that a lot of people feel like, like and I'm of the opinion that that's not even possible like your childhood memories exist go back and watch the old movies if those are the only ones that you like or whatever right but still is it kind of a sacred character and one of the things that was so sacred about Boba Fett was we knew so little about him. And they really risked putting him back in front of us and being like, he's like this. And it's not at all what you imagined and you hate it. And it, and it just, what, I don't know. I haven't seen anybody say, I hated the way they handled Boba Fett, Christian. Boba, uh, Boba went out like a bat. Like he's, he went out. In Return of the Jedi, he got hit in the back and his jetpack flew away and he fell into a pit. And people are like, Boba Fett was the most badass character in the originals. Like, he's a punk. But not anymore, right? Like, come on. I the Boba Fett glorification before this show was just it was ludicrous. But um this show was like made it's him a pretty way good cooler. character design. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's but it. that's what it was, right? Yeah. Yeah. You look good to be dead. It's like his only cool line. Um, but honestly, the Mandalorian, I think the Mandalorian is John Favreau saying, oh, I can't make a Boba Fett show. Okay. I'm going to make a show where I like pretend the guy's Boba Fett. And then in season two, I actually get to put in Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, and it was, I don't know if you guys saw the, um, Mandalorian gallery where it was like a one hour special of behind the, behind the uh, scenes of the making of season two. Or they talked to like the directors and stuff and some of the actors and all that. Yeah. yeah. But they, yeah. they showed Robert Rodriguez who directed um, the chapter that Boba Fett came back in and he filmed in his backyard, the exact action scene where Boba Fett comes back and slaps the stormtrooper with his kids and his action figures. So he like planned that out way beforehand and filmed it like previous with his action figures and um it's just really cool that someone that passionate was given the reins to direct boba fett because he was so cool in this season 
and I really didn't care about him before. And that's like a pretty cool thing to be able to say. Yeah. And he's got that really cool. What's the, the law? I have no idea what that Gaff weapon is. Gaff, I think. I was going to go pokey stick, but I guess yours works as well. I mean, potato, potato. <laughs> All right, Christian, Will, what are we doing with Boba Fett, Ahsoka Tano? I think Boba is my number three. Uh, he was just, I mean, we can talk about it a lot. He was spectacular when he came back. Um, character development, the action, everything was great. People are going after him because he's a little bit overweight, but I loved it. He just looked big, scary, and I, if I saw him, I'd turn and run. Um, Ahsoka was really, really cool. I think her episode had one of the best scenes in Star Wars just with her her fighting. I loved her duel. Um, uh, that was so think, cool. Yeah, with the Beskar, pure Beskar staff. That was really, really cool. Um but since she was already an established character and we didn't really get too much new from her, just kind of what she's doing, um, the live action obviously was was very new. But I think Boba, for me, just edges out Ahsoka. Well, how are you feeling about how these rankings are shaping up? So, yeah, I think that Boba, for me, also uh, just slightly outranks Ahsoka based on what we were given. I think it's hard to... You know, put Ahsoka over Boba in this season uh, just because she was there for one episode and she was great in that episode. But um, I think Boba just had this better arc and kind of like what Trey was saying, I didn't really like Boba in the original trilogy, but I really liked um, him in uh, uh, this season and it really like redeemed the character for me. I also love yeah. that Boba just left at the end and went to Tatooine to take over Jabba's palace. Just bounces. Like, all right, like, all right you, guys, you guys got this baby thing. I'm going to go uh, do my own thing now. Right. <laughs> you guys live. Well, you know, and it was interesting because in the original trilogy, he's a bounty hunter. He doesn't have any moral compass mm -hmm. as long as they pay him. And in the episode that he came in, I think it was chapter 13, um, he helps he promises din that he'll help save the child because he has some moral code now so it was like a really interesting character arc from guy who just takes credits and puts people in you know a frying pan to i'm going to help you save this little green creature because of some moral code i have mm -hmm. um, and i think that was really interesting it gave him character death and tamir morrison is just the greatest he is it's so cool that he played Django and um, was able to play Boba too. Like that's, that's so cool. But um, I, I would put Ahsoka over Boba just cause Ahsoka is like my favorite character in star Wars. <laughs> but um, Boba was awesome in this. And just the fact that it's even like semi close to me is a kind of a really good testament to how great Boba was written in this show. Um, and also with Boba Fennec, Fennec was absolutely dope. Love I Fennec. I just all I wanted from Fennec was more. All I needed yeah. from Fennec, and I'm and and again, I'm a huge fan of of her of Ming Na Wen, and and she's such a nerd, like super actor. She's just <laughs> in all the cool nerd stuff. But big fan of her. Yeah, I wanted more, uh, and and that's ultimately how I felt about Moff Gideon too, and and as well. It's probably why they're splitting all this stuff off, and her and Bob are gonna go do their own show now because like. A lot of interesting characters in play. They should have their own show, I guess. And so, <laughs> I guess, I guess they're gonna do that. Yeah, Fennec is also appearing in um, the next Star Wars show that comes out called Bad Batch. I don't, there's a there was a it, it's animated. It looks like Clone Wars, but there were shots in it, and she was in it. So um, Ming Na Wen even talked about going and recording the voice acting for it. So I'm uh, I'm curious if. Um, Boba meets Fennec way back before this show in that um, Bad Batch series because I think they probably have some history together if, you know, he saves her, um, right. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really fascinating. All right. Well, in whichever order, we got our three, four. Now we just need to decide the fifth <laughs> character on this thing. Again, Frog Lady has got her special spot taken. <laughs> I can stand hard for Cobb Vanth despite just the one episode. Look, I'm I might be Team Trey on that. Who 
were there people from season one who didn't like no big Cara Dune fans here? Uh, no, no, we don't speak her name. <laughs> we don't, okay, C asterisk R A Dune. Uh, who else? I love be on that. Bo. Bo was great. It was awesome seeing mm. Katie Sackhoff play Bo yeah, Katana yeah. after 12 years of being her in animation. That's such a cool thing to do as well. Like that's that's a pretty tough trick to pull uh, to be able to get the voice actor to come on and do that. Yeah, Bo Katan maybe maybe has to be our five. And she's gonna be probably like the villain in season three. So it's gonna be really interesting what what she's gonna be doing in the future. Right. What about uh, Bill Burr's character? Oh, Mayfield? Yeah, I liked Mayfield a lot. He might be my five. Really cool. Good. I love really him. good redemption at the end, too. And it's better than I season two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his. I think a lot of us had that. Like, Bill Burr's amazing. I'm like sitting here, like, I know. captivated. Am I like <laughs> and the am I getting emotional the Bill at a Bill Burr performance right now? <laughs> like,. A Bill Burr performance in Star Wars. <laughs> right. <laughs> Boston meets Space Wizards. <laughs> that was, let me ask you this, because that was one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars in, in a long time. Do you guys have, like, favorite individual scenes or moments that really stand out to you? I'll say one, give me one from Mando and then one from the rest of the series. I'll go back around. Actually, I'll start with Will. I haven't started with Will yet. Give me a just a moment that really sticks out to you from the series of Mandalorian and then just Star Wars for you. What is it sort of summed up in? So I think that uh, from the series of Mandalorian, I think really everything, um, you know, when Baby Yoda is reaching out on the force, I can't remember the planet they're on in the episode this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really like that whole episode, it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, that whole episode was really a, you know, it felt like a moment in the series and in the show. And that's what really sticks out for me. But as far as a moment from the entire Star Wars series, I think the binary sunset and the new hope, that's always what just kind of comes to mind when I think about Star Wars. Yeah, it's, it's tough to beat how we all felt the first time we we saw that, right? That's a that's a great answer, Christian. Um, I think from Mandalorian, the first episode really kind of stands out to me. Um, the droid uh, eighty was it IG eighty eight um, when he was just destroying, just kind of spinning around, shooting um, everything. That just kind of showed me like, okay, this is gonna be a pretty cool show. Uh, and that kind of really sold it for me. And then the reveal of Baby Yoda was obviously pretty spectacular. And I think that's kind of what I think of. When I think Mandalorian. For the rest of the series, I think two moments come to mind. The first is nostalgia, Darth Maul igniting his, his lightsaber. You see one blade go out and then the other. And that's just that dude's got that, two of them. <laughs> oh, that always gets me. The Phantom Menace is like the movie I watched growing up. I don't know, we had we had on VHS. That was what I knew Star Wars as. I had no other movies, um, and that always stands out. Other than that, um, in the Clone Wars, the the Mortis arc, where Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka go to Mortis, and Anakin um, takes the two, the, the brother and the sister. I don't know if you've seen seen it, Drew. Um, they're manifestations of the dark side and the light side, and he basically uses the Force and makes them kneel in front of him that was just such a character defining moment for him that was really really cool and that's probably my favorite moment in all of star wars that doesn't have nostalgia tied to it for me um, in the mandalorian i would say it was from um chapter um 11 of the mandalorian with uh where bo katan comes in and it's the moment when um Mando dives to save Grogu after like the sea monster got him and he's like drowning. And then you hear these people like fighting the shipmates and then the gates open and you see a hand just reaching out to Din. And I liked it so much because it mirrored the shot of him as a child 
when his parents died and he was saved by Mandalorians. So it was cool having, you know, his first instance with a Mandalorian and then now he's being saved by a, Ma a Mandalorian again. Um, so I say, I think that's probably my favorite shot of the, um, of the show. And then I think I have two um, other ones. One is from Star Wars Rebels when Vader is fighting Ahsoka and he says, revenge is not the Jedi way. And she goes, I'm no Jedi. And I, I still get chills even, even saying those lines. Um, and then two is from The Last Jedi when Luke is talking to Yoda. And Yoda tells them that um, the greatest teacher failure is. And they just sit and look at that fire, that, that tree on fire. And it's just like, oh, my God. That's like the coolest thing ever. So, um, yeah, I would say those. Yeah, those are those are awesome. I, I loved reliving each one of those moments as as y'all described them. So the last thing that I have for each of you then is, uh, you know, the the question of what's next? You know, there's all this Star Wars stuff going on out there in the world. I'll just revert, reverse the order from where we just went. But, uh, you know, with, with all this stuff going on, what's next for you in this world and and you know, we talked about what you're excited about for the Star Wars stuff going on out there, but for particularly your role in uh, in this crazy world. Uh, I guess it's not it's a it's a galaxy. I guess so. Yeah, in the galaxy, Trey, for you. Um, like in in terms of like stuff that I'm doing or um, yeah, or stuff you're you're doing, or... stuff you want to do, stuff you want to find. Yeah, or, what yeah. is just what the, is future the future of Star Wars looking like for you over the next couple of weeks and months? Well, tonight I'll probably be playing Battlefront 2 because I play that game a lot. I like that. I really Start with the immediate. It. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but basically. Maybe I'll go live on Twitch. Uh, just kidding. I don't know how to do that. But uh, so, but Battlefront 2 and then I guess just like all the High Republic stuff. So um, I have a book that I have to read and review called um, A Test of Courage. It's um, one of the other books from the High Republic. I'm going to read that. And then I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, my my dream is to eventually work for Lucasfilm. So um, I actually uh, live in Tampa, Florida. And um, I graduated college in May with a degree in communications. And I'm trying to get a job with a production company um, so that I can kind of get in and start to build a resume and that sort of thing. And then gradually like work my way up into developing my Frog Lady movie. But um, that, uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's my sort of short and long term view. Uh, I'm just excited. I, I think there's going to be a lot of content, and um, you know, if something isn't, if you don't like a certain part of Star Wars, that's also fine. Like, there's so much Star Wars, and it's like if you don't like one thing, there's going to be something else you like. So I think that's like a message I kind of want to bring across. Considering Star Wars Twitter can be kind of a volatile place <laughs> at times but yeah yeah shout out and shout out all your stuff where can people find your stuff oh yeah uh you can well you can find me on twitter at the trainator um and then i have like the star wars podcast uh it's just skywalking through the league and um we'll be doing that a lot with it's really nice having the high republic um stuff coming out because uh there isn't necessarily a lot of other Star Wars stuff right now. Um, so it's nice to have just some stuff to talk about. But yeah, basically just follow me on Twitter and I'll, you can be guided to all the other avenues and paths. <laughs> there you go. Will, what's next? And uh, where can people find what you got? Yeah, so um, I write uh, about Star Wars and movies and TV uh, for this website called Fanatic Media. Uh, it's kind of this new blog uh, website. Christian has written a few things as well. Um, and it's kind of a combined website. It used to be this other Star Wars blog called What's New on Jakku. Uh, and we write about uh, movies, TV, books, uh, Star Wars, kind of like pop culture, um, stuff like that. Uh, so I write and edit for them. Um, so that's kind of where they can find what I write. Uh, I mainly write about movies and stuff like that. Uh, and then you can find me at Twitter. I'm trying to remember what my Twitter handle is. I had to look mine up. At GMF Willie with a Y. Boom. And Christian? 
All right, so like Will said, I'm on Fanatic Media 2. Um, all of my Star Wars stuff is going to be on there. Previously, it was on What's New on Jakku. Well, most of my Star Wars stuff. I write Star Wars book reviews. Um, those are on Twin Suns Outpost. And I'm also part of their podcast. So every month, we kind of go through a new Star Wars book. And um, we talk about it at the end of the month on a podcast. So right now, we're doing Light of the Jedi, um, which basically every most Star Wars fans are, are reading right now. Um <laughs> So definitely check that out. Um, I also will write about some other stuff. I've last year I watched Avatar for the first time, so I've written some about Avatar, and I want to write more about Legend of Korra. So, but same with these guys who follow me on Twitter, you'll basically stay up to date at everything that I do. It's underscore cc baseball is my handle. Always nice when you start with the underscore. Always. <laughs> Gotta start with the underscore. You see start, baseball with bacon. So with you know. <laughs> uh, and where where can people get the book, fellas? Oh, thank you for, for reminding us. It's the DMVR be, um, folks have taught me how to sell some beef and coffee and beer and stuff. I can at least try to sell a book or two. <laughs> we'll try. So it's only available on Amazon. Uh, if you just look up Linking Galaxies, it should pop up. Uh, the Kindle version is $9.99. The physical copy is $14.99. And if you're not the author, it ships pretty quick. We're still waiting on art. But <laughs> if you're not the author, you get yours within a week. So, And if you're not seeing the link, you can go um, to my Twitter page. I have a link tree, um, and it's on there. All right. Fantastic. Well, I had a lot of fun and I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk to the bosses and see if we can make this a semi-regular thing with this much Star Wars content. I don't see any reason why we couldn't get these dignitaries back together, talk some Star Wars, once some of these other shows, some of these stuff. There's not going to be less stuff to talk about. There's going to be more stuff to talk about. Much more, so. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'd love to have you all. Right, Frog Lady Show. We got to be there at Ground Zero. I'm in. That's the kind I'm of stuff in. we can't uh, <laughs> So I'd love to have you all back on for a panel conversation again sometime. This really was a blast. I appreciate everybody out there who listened in. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR Watches podcast feed. You're hanging out with us on whether it's DNVR Gaming or the Twitch channel, all of the it's sort of the nerd section of DNVR that we're still trying to grow. So we appreciate it. Uh, Christian, Will, Trey, thank you guys so much for coming on, hanging out with us. Make sure you're following these guys on social media. You're consuming their Star Wars content. Uh, you're buying that book. You're giving it a read uh, because, well, if you're if you're listening to this, you quite clearly can't get enough Star Wars and we're right there with you. So thanks everyone for hanging out. See you next time.